Hello guys and welcome to another episode of Thinking Out Loud. We got a quick episode for you here today. Um, so recently in headlines on, and on independent media, we've heard discussion about how it seems like Israel had prior knowledge that the October 7th um, attack was going to happen. Um, we've even seen stuff in mainstream media, um, like reports released from IDF officials uh, and people in the government. Uh, it's like the New York Times, I believe, uh, published an article talking about how it seems like, again, Israel, the Israeli government, had some inkling that something was going to happen on October 7th. Um, we've heard stories about how apparently several years back somebody had found a 40-page uh, war plan talking about, like, almost to an exact detail um, what Hamas um, had planned. Um but that obviously that report didn't have dates or times or anything like that, but it was almost apparently it was almost word for word was going to happen. Um, we could have a discussion about that, about, you know, maybe, maybe they had this 40 page report, but it seems, it seems strange to me that suddenly out of nowhere, a 40 page battle report was seized by somebody with all the exact details. I don't really feel like that's how military intelligence of an underground militant group uh, works. Um, but anyway, we've seen a lot of discussion around this recently, and it really does raise this question of what's real, what's a PSYOP, is, are these leaks happening because people in the Israeli government, in the Israeli military, want to cover their ass? You know, we've also heard that apparently Egypt... Um, I believe under uh, al-Sisi uh, tried to give prior warning to Israel as well, saying that Hamas was planning something like this. You know, we've seen all these different things. Uh, we've heard anecdotal evidence or r stories, testimonies rather, that uh, the cameras on the walls um, going into Israel from Gaza Strip were shut off. You know, all these different things where it seems like some people at least – in the Israeli government, knew this was going to happen. And it obviously harkens back to um, sort of what happened with 9-11, obviously over decades of evidence coming out that, you know, people in the U.S. government, people in the intelligence community knew that al-Qaeda, that Osama bin Laden, that these different um, militants were jihadists, were planning something. And again, with, with this sort of stuff, it, it's... It's complicated because, again, what is real? What is a PSYOP? What is a fake narrative? How much did they know? Did they let it happen on purpose? Or in the case of, with this instance with Israel, you have officials saying, you know, when this 40-page report came out, they, they brushed it off. They said, oh, well, yeah, we had it, but we just, we didn't believe they could do it. We thought it was, you know, a little bit too, um, you know, it was a little bit too too much for them to accomplish, so we just sort of brushed it off and said, ah, there's no way. Besides, we have all these defenses in place and apparatus in place, right? So we've heard a lot of this type of stuff, guys, but I'm actually going to I'm gonna go into this narrative a little bit and add some uh, information from a different angle, which also suggests that at least some people in the elite circles of the Israeli government and Israeli society and in U.S. society knew that something was going to happen in or around October 7th, right? So we're going to go at this from a different angle. Um, let me pull up my source material here for you guys. Um, 
I have this article here from People's World. For those of you who don't know, it's Continuing of the Daily Worker, uh, official newspaper of the Communist Party of the United States of America. Um, and the headline here says, Someone knew stock traders made millions short selling before October 7th Hamas attacks. So in this article, we're going to go, I'm not going to read the New York Times stuff. I'm not going to cover any of that, really, because I'm sure you guys have heard through other independent media and even through mainstream media, like we've said, um, a lot of the sound bites or, or main tenets of everything circulating this, right? Um, but this is an article that I don't think anyone has uh, discussed or dissected because this, to me, is just another huge example of somebody knew this shit was going to happen, right? Um, and I say that because while officials and military people and all this stuff might fuck around and find out when it comes to human lives or the actual society of their, uh, the safety of their society, um, at the end of the day, cause, because they don't care because they're sociopaths, at the end of the day, I'll tell you one thing they do give a fuck about, right? And that's their money. Okay. So let's go in here. We're going to jump into the reading. Um, I'm pretty much going to be reading all this article, but it is really short. So we're going to try to keep it tight. All right, guys. Um, New York says some investors active on the New York and Tel Aviv stock exchange apparently knew in advance that Hamas militants were about to launch their attack on Israel before October 7th and that a war would follow. They used that knowledge to cash in by short-selling Israel-linked shares, generating a profit windfall worth millions of dollars. So short-selling Israel-linked so- uh, stocks, uh, shares, um, different Israeli companies, and we're going to see some figures here that show just how huge of a difference this was. This wasn't like a small trend. It was like a giant spike, right? That's the claim being made by researchers researchers at New York University and Columbia University. Cannot talk. Sorry, guys. Our evidence is consistent with informed traders anticipating and profiting from the Hamas attack and the war that erupted in its wake. Financial market experts Robert J. Jackson Jr. of NYU and Joshua Mitz of Columbia concluded in an explosive paper published December 4th. So um, note those names and note the universities they're from. This isn't some leftists out of God knows where saying this and being conspiratorial. It's people out of NYU um, in Columbia, right? The two professors' meticulously documented report titled Trading on Terror, the name of our video here, details what they call a significant spike in short selling in the principal Israeli company ETF trade fund on the NYSE in the weeks before October 7th and similar short selling moves against dozens of Israeli companies listed on the TASE. That's the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange, for those of you who don't know. They rely on data from the Financial Industry Regulation Authority, FINRA, which they say is still incomplete. So all this information is compiled from um, you know, establishment authoritative entities, right? It's not just shit they're cooking up in a uh, basement laboratory trying to paint an image here. Short-selling the Israeli economy. The practice of short-selling is a bet by traders that a company's stock price will go down in the near future. For a small fee, short sellers borrow shares of a corporation or fund that they believe will soon drop. While the price is still up, they sell the borrowed shares. Then when the price drops, the short sellers close their position, 
meaning they rebuy the shares and return them to the broker they borrowed them from, pocketing the difference and potentially making huge profits. So for those of you who didn't know what short selling is, that's a pretty good quick little analysis or explanation of it. So pretty much it's like it's it, it, it's like buying money or borrowing money to buy a stock, but it's pretty much you just are borrowing the shares instead of actual cash money for the price they're at at this moment, right? And then you sell them. And then they suddenly drop, and then you buy them again, right? Um, when the price has gone down exponentially, right? So you, all that difference in price, whatever the amount went down, nine percent, ten percent, eleven percent, whatever, you make that nine, ten, eleven percent as a profit, right? Hopefully that makes sense. Typically, short sellers make such bets because they disagree with analyst consensus about a particular company's financial health. Sometimes, however, it's because they have insider knowledge, insider trading about events that will impact a company's business before they happen. Um, and we've done analysis on this sort of Wall Street fucking casino insider bullshit in the past, uh, particularly with war profiteers. So there's some spill over here if you guys want to check out that video, um, how Congress has all the people writing the budgetary stuff for the military uh, appropriations bill are trading in stocks and consistently, regularly, all the time, uh, modus operandi, uh, selling and buying stocks according to what's going to go into the budget for military contractors, right? Um, according to the research published in Trading on Terror, this is exactly what seems to have happened in relation to October 7th, days before the attack. Traders appeared to ant anticipate the events to come, Jackson Mitz declared, citing trading activity in New York, they say the main exchange-traded fund that broadly tracks the performance of the Israeli stock market as a whole suddenly and significantly spiked on October 2nd, five days before the attacks. Probably whenever whoever did the leak or was telling their buddies that something was going to happen was going to happen, right? Um, looking at the volume of short sales of MSCI, Israel ETF, they say it was extraordinarily high and unlikely to have been explained by bona fide market making because there were no purchases to offset sales. So that's a key thing there. There were no purchases to offset sales. That means this spike that you can see down here on this graph, which I'll show you in a second if you can't see already, um, there was no purchasing going on in this period at all. It was just short selling, right? That tells you there's something sus as hell going on, right? It's not a trend of the market because something else happened in the news like subsidies from the israeli government to weapons contractors or subsidies for um oil and mineral extraction from the israeli government because you know things like that when they come out in the press or come out from officials you'll see spikes in different aspects of the economy according to the information here according to this graph there was none of that it just is centered around the short selling right so that tells you it wasn't a part of the market um, the trading was all in one direction. Nearly 100% of the trading volume in EIS consisted of short, short selling. So almost 100%, right? And you can see the um, graph here, right? Uh, for short selling, uh, short volume, volume of short selling stocks, almost nothing. Like it's not like close even. It's like off the radar October 2nd, right? And then after you see down here as well, it goes back to, even less, honestly, than it was prior. That's pretty fucking sus, right? Um, it was greater than 99% of the previous 3,570 trading days over 14 years. 99% greater in short selling of stocks than over the last 14 years, right? The level of insider knowledge becomes 
even more apparent when the expiration dates of the short sell options contracts are examined. When short sellers borrow shares, their contracts always come with a deadline, the date by which they must return the borrowed stock to broker. Because like we said, when you're short selling stocks, you borrow that stock. It's so weird that you can borrow a stock. You borrow the stock, but they say, okay, you can have it for a week, two week, month, half a year, whatever, right? It's like having capital accruement that allows you to do other investments and stuff like that. Um, so we're looking at these dates here. It says um, the demand for short sell option contracts set to expire on October 13th, set to expire October 13th, remember that, increased more than 1,000% in early October, but the contracts expiring after the 13th showed almost no movement. Again, guys, so yeah, we have another graph here. Hopefully you can see this without my little pretty face being in the way. Um, so the green line here, guys, is after October 13th expiration. So short selling stock, borrowed stock, contracts that expire after the 13th by the uh october 13th expiration date i mean look at that insane um in tel aviv meanwhile the short selling of individual israeli companies also increased dramatically with the profits conceivably surpassing a hundred million dollars that's within a week Comparing the scale of what happened in the days before October 7th, the researchers conclude that it has far exceeded the short selling that occurred during numerous other periods of crisis, including the 2008 financial crisis, the Great Recession, the 2014 Israeli war with Gaza, and the COVID-19 pandemic. So what they are saying here with this little tidbit is you will see some of this kind of stuff, either it's insider trading or um, people picking up on political trends. Um, in saying, well, I'm looking at all these political trends. I'm looking at tensions rising. I'm looking at lack of di diplomatic association. I'm going to bet that some fucked up shit's going to happen soon. So, you know, with these instances that they cited here, except maybe the COVID pandemic thing, because we also saw huge insider trading, uh, people knowing about the pandemic before they released it. But all these other things, you know, there's oftentimes trends that are leading to this, so you'll start to see some of these things, right? And they could be explained away, maybe not as insider trading. Um, but what they're saying is the amount of short selling here um, is just such a huge spike that um, tr political trends aren't going to size it up, right? Um, given that the pre-attack period also coincided with the Jewish holidays, which is normally a time of low trading activity in Israel, the researchers implied that the volume of trades become all the more suspicious. So... Also, it's during a time where people are doing less trading. As one example, they examined shares in Israel's largest bank, Liumi. More than 4 million shares were s sold short between mid-September and October 5th, immediately after the Hamas attacks and launch of the Israeli military war in Gaza on October 8th. Liumi's share price plummeted by 9%. The same story could be repeated for dozens of other companies, but the researchers say that they await further data. So that's a nice 9% profit margin, right? They believe there's already enough information to draw some conclusions, though. Our evidence is consistent with informed traders anticipating and profiting from the Hamas attack. Betting on terror and war. A certain group of capitalists knew the terrorists' attacks were coming. They knew that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu would, of course, launch a war in response. And they knew that the Israeli economy would be negatively impacted in the immediate aftermath of these events. 
While tensions had been high before the attacks and rumors of a war had been circulating at least since April, the intensity of trading activity in the days leading up to October 7th suggests a level of insider knowledge that went far beyond what one might read in the newspapers. And this is exactly what we're talking about. And as we saw with those graphs earlier, it wasn't like this. Like if you saw a stepladder of uh, short selling as tensions appeared to be rising between the God, uh, Palestine and Israel, you might be like, well, well, okay. But no, it's just that giant fucking spike to the sky, through the sky, right? Um, Jackson admits more than imply that there is criminality involved in the illicit finance and trading they observed. There is speculation by others that investors linked to either Hamas, the top levels of the Israeli government, or both may have profited from the short selling. And so with this, I mean, it's um, it doesn't even have to be, again, like in the case of 9-11, it doesn't even have to be like this whole overarching conspiracy with so many people involved, right? A lot of the people that did the short selling might not even have known what was going to happen. It's not like, it's not like that. It's not like everyone's in on it. What happened is, is, and I highly doubt it was anyone tied to Hamas. I, it's, I'm, I'm willing to guarantee it's Israeli officials, right? Um, but what happens is you have one or two people in the intelligence community or high up in the military, government, whatever, that know or really fucking assume some shit's going to happen. And then they tell their friends that they have political and economic ties to. And then they tell their friends. And maybe they don't say anything about what's going to fucking happen. Right? They just say, sell. Short sell. Now. And they're like, why? Don't fucking ask. Right? Um, investors who have secret knowledge in the researchers label informed traders avoid detection by regulators by short selling non-specific companies, but rather sectors or industries affected by what happens to those companies. Hence the major volumes of ESI, EIS short trades. That's what they did in the Israeli case. Um, the practice is referred to as shadow trading and it's happening in context beyond just the war in Gaza. The magnitude of shadow trading in ETF shares is estimated to have been more than 2.75 billion between 2009 and 2021. Um, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, for instance, does not mandate public reporting of short seller positions in U.S. company shares. I mean, no surprise. I mean, the U.S. Securities and SEC is part and parcel, just like all the stock of, um, appraisal organizations and companies. They're all It's all the George Carlin one big club. You ain't in it, right? Shockingly, the U.S. government actually facilitated this kind of government uh, trading out in the open. I would scratch shockingly. Um, at least for a short period of time, from 2001 to 2003, the Pentagon's Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, DARPA, developed an online platform that allowed investors to make trades based on their predictions of what would happen in the Middle East. Criticized for helping Wall Street to bet on terrorism and trade in death, the project was shut down at the insistence of the U.S. Senate, but not before George W. Bush administration spent millions on it. So I just I highlighted that last bit, even though it's not necessarily... Uh, necessary for the analysis we're giving here because it's just crazy the the idea of profiting on war and death and murder right obviously weapons contractors but trading on it it's just deeply disturbing and, and morally egregious right and i just wanted to highlight that because you have the highest levels of the government the george bush administration at the real onset of the war in Afghanistan and the coming of the war in in Iraq. Hey, we're going to have these horrific, genocidal, insane wars. 
So we're going to go ahead and set up a nice little online casino so that you can bet on what's going to happen. I mean, it's fucking disturbing, right? Um, but yeah, guys, that's really all I have for you. Just quick little video. Um, I just wanted to bring this forward to you guys because I know I've seen a lot of discourse about how Israel may have known and a lot of back and forth on this. As far as what I think, I I don't know. Um, I I think some people fucking knew, right, and had a pretty good idea. Um, it's important to remember that the government and the ruling capitalist class isn't one cohesive force. Their interests are oftentimes, by and large, overarching and cohesive, right? Low wages, war. Uh, you know, they have similar interests, but it's important to remember that the ruling classes, the corporate elite, the political elite, um, have little niches, little fiefdoms, and oftentimes they are uh, warring with each other. Case in point, the fascist um, openly fascist Donald Trumpites and uh, the more classical liberal, you know, scratch a liberal and a fascist bleeds, obviously, uh, Biden administration and their ilk kind of going back and forth. But the same is the case with the capitalist class. Anyway, I'm rambling here a bit, but the point I'm making is some people probably knew, but not everybody. Um, and who even knows if Netanyahu uh, knew? Um, because a lot of times some of the higher echelons that pick these political leaders um, don't always inform their little marionette puppet for the TV screen um, what's going on. But, yeah, guys, again, that's really all I have for you. Just quick little analysis for you. Um, hopefully you found this a little bit insightful. Uh, again, as always, if you enjoy this content, don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, drop a comment. Let me know what you think happened with all this. Do you think it was – I mean, obviously we know that Hamas was sort of built up to take down Yasser Arafat uh, and to divide Palestinians between a more radical group and more centralized, united, um, cohesive resistance, obviously. Do you think they knew? I, I mean, drop a comment. Let me know what you guys think. Um, and, of course, you guys can support my independent media work on Patreon at patreon.com slash entitledmillennials. Or, you, you know, you can support me there for $1 a month. I mean, it's like nothing. I would really appreciate it. Or, you know, send out those one-time donations through PayPal at paypal.me slash entitledmillennials. But, uh, yeah, guys, I'll cut it off here for you. As always, it's great hanging out with you. Love speaking the issues with you. Love having these discussions in the comments. And uh, I look forward to talking with you all again soon. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.